Hey friends, welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Elena Davis, and I am so glad you're here today. We are having a special guest on the podcast today, Dr. Blake Bohannon. He is the owner of Shift Performance Physical Therapy here in Knoxville, and he just has kind of a different perspective on physical therapy and recovery and um, today he's sharing a lot of just tips and best practices for prevention of injury exercise related injury as well as recovery for when those injuries happen despite our best efforts sometimes they just happen and so he's giving us a lot of really helpful information about how to know when it's a serious injury versus how to know when it's overtraining and what we need to do to help our bodies heal quickly and be able to be stronger in the future. And so I think this is a super helpful topic, especially here at the beginning of the year when a lot of us are trying to put in a little bit more uh, intentional effort for exercise and working out. And so obviously we're a little more prone to injury uh, at the beginning of the year, especially if it's not something we're used to doing. And so this is very helpful for you to know how to prevent those injuries from happening and then what to do if they do happen anyway. So I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear from him today. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode with Dr. Blake Bohannon. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward Podcast, where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. I'm excited for you to be here today and I'm excited for our guest that we have here today. We have Dr. Blake Bohannon here with us on the podcast today. Blake, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. Yes, we're so excited to have you. Blake and I are friends. We go to church together. Our family's been going to church together for a long time, but um, Blake is a, is it doctor of physical therapy? Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's, that's the degree. So I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Okay. Exactly. Yep. And then you also run shift performance. Yep. Shift performance physical therapy is my PT practice that I treat out of. How long? When did you start that? Like a year ago? Uh, I think like a year ago this month or maybe like 11 months ago. Yeah. Last March, basically. Yeah. Awesome. So <clears throat> tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about your journey into getting into PT and kind of how all that came about and just a little bit about you and your family. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's start with my family. So I have two beautiful kids and a beautiful wife. I've got Ridge. He's two. Riverland's like a little two-month-old baby. So she's super precious. <laughs> and then yes. my wife is awesome. She's the rock star of it all. So that's Megan. I guess a lot of your listeners probably know Megan. but Yes, absolutely. Um, she's the best. Yeah, for sure. And so I got started in physical therapy. Um, In undergrad, I started out in engineering and I just uh, didn't see myself working at a desk forever. So I quickly was like, I got to figure out a way that I'm going to work with people in a more Mm -hmm. intimate way and um, impact people's lives more directly. So I came on physical therapy, kind of like pursued that through undergrad, whatever, got into school. Um, physical therapy school is like a post undergrad degree. So had to get into that, get started, all this stuff. So I got into clinical rotations, 
which is where you go shadow other physical therapists, learn what it's all about, kind of like start working under someone else's license. And, you know, they watch what you do, give you feedback on it, all that kind of stuff. But I got kind of disenfranchised with the way that physical therapy is done in most places. It honestly just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it really was because um, it's just a systemic problem with having insurance as the main payer um, for physical therapy. So um, I was just started looking for a different way to do things. So basically, we would have uh, multiple patients on a provider per hour, and we didn't really have time to dive into things that I wanted to with my patients or even just give them like the time of day, really, because you're so rushed. There are like timers going off. You're trying to like your head spinning. You're trying to move people onto their next exercises. And a lot of times I just felt like, I mean, for all the attention I'm giving them, they could just do this at home. Like I'm not actually <laughs> giving them that much attention. And so. I started looking for a different way to do things. I found this performance physical therapy model that some people out there were doing. And so I started trying to learn more about that. I got connected with um, some business owners of clinics like this and ended up getting a rotation in one of them so that I could work in one and learn what it was all about. So we did that for my last rotation. My awesome wife, who's super supportive, um, moved to Charleston with me for 12 weeks, which was like a mini vacation, but also really hard yeah. because we had a, uh, I think Ridge was six months old. So yeah, yeah our oldest super son, tiny. He was, yeah, he was six months old and we like packed all our stuff up, moved to Charleston for 12 weeks to do that rotation so that I could have that experience. And she's been super supportive with everything along the way. I mean, I started a business like first thing out of school instead of getting a full-time job. And she has been super supportive with the fact that, um, we just started out at the gate, like not, you know, making a full-time job salary, yeah. right? Like all my friends yeah. hopped out and got a job like everybody had talked about for three years of being in PT school. And all of a sudden, you know, they're making a full-time salary, right? And I didn't do that. I mm-hmm. started out making nothing and just not being promised yeah. anything. And so she's been super awesome with that and supportive knowing that, you know, and is just my biggest supporter and like, the biggest person who believes in me and, you know, believes that we're going to make this work, even though I didn't go the traditional route. Right. So anyways, the reason that I started shift the way that I did is because I wanted to be able to help people get back to things that really matter to them and give them the time that they need to do that. So I want to support people's healthy and active lifestyle because I believe that our body is the most important thing that we have in this world, right? So it's kind of our vehicle to do everything, to be able to um, realize our potential as fathers, as wives, as whatever it is that we do for a living or whatever we feel that God has called us to. Our body and the way that we take care of it um, has a super dramatic impact on our ability to fulfill on those things and be everything that we're called to be, right? So I view what I do as supporting people's ability to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I I love that, you know, obviously that was a big risk to shift from, no pun intended, um, to shift from what you had previously planned to do and kind of the way you thought you saw your career going into something totally different and starting from scratch. And anyone who started a business knows that is 
uh, rough in the beginning. Oh, yeah, you know all about that. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. And Megan knows all about that, right? Because she started she her own business years ago. And so um, she, you know, fully knew the risk and was there to support you in that. So that's great. I, I really admire what you guys have done. And I love the how you've, you know, kind of transitioned into this other model. I think anyone who has gone to physical therapy, traditional physical therapy, or really even just a normal doctor's visit, like you, yeah. we all resonate with what you're saying, like that you just kind of rushed, you're just part of a number and it's not even ill-intentioned. That's just the way the system is designed and they have that many patients and they have to do it that way. And, um, that's, it's definitely not like optimal when it comes, especially if you're wanting to really get down to the root of issues and help people really make a change in their lifestyle or in their health. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not like any provider's fault. Usually like the doctor doesn't want to have to rush through your appointment and not have time to listen to you at all. You know, they want more time with you. It's just kind of like a systemic problem because insurance's goal is to pay as little as possible for everything. The doctor's Mm -hmm. office's goal is to be profitable. They have to be and physical therapy's offices have to be profitable. So they have to put a bunch of patients on your time slot. You have to share your time with other people so that, you know, people can make a living and support their families. But right. Yeah. Absolutely. So obviously, you know, we're recording this kind of in late January. So it's the beginning of the year. So we're all super familiar with the whole like beginning of the year, we're all going to get healthy and work out and, you know, all that stuff. And I think one of the things that um, we see, obviously we see some fizzling out of that as we get later into the year. But another thing we see is one of the reasons for that is injuries, right? Like people get all like gung-ho about it, they go crazy, and then they're hurt. Um, And so I'm sure you see that a lot. And so can you kind of, let's just start there and maybe talk about like, what are some of the things you see with that? What are some of the reasons that that happens? Okay. Yeah, for sure. So at the basic level, injuries happen when our body's tissues, and that could be muscle tissue, tendons, ligaments, bone, experience a load that it's not capable of handling, right? So if there's too much load placed in the tissue, we have an injury. Might have a tear, might have a sprain, might have a tendinopathy develop where there's inflammation around a tendon. There's lots of different variations, but they all boil down to too much load, too fast, and we weren't prepared for it. I think the reason that we see it so much this time of year is exactly what you were saying. People jump into it, they're gung-ho, And also they probably weren't training regularly beforehand. So the people that we're talking about that are getting injured right now, you know, if you were training before New Year's and you're still training after, you're just as likely to get injured as you have been all year. But if you just started, if you just started working out and you haven't been previously, you may be more likely to get injured because your body's tissues are not yet prepared for the loads that you're placing on them. So our bodies respond positively to the exercise we're doing or else there'd be no point in doing it, right? When we work out, right. our bodies get the signal that they need to be stronger, they need to be more resilient, they need to you know, process oxygen faster, all these like positive things. And so our body takes time to adapt to those stimulus. And a lot of times we just need to take it slower than we think at the beginning, especially yeah. if you're a total newbie and you're getting into, <laughs> let's say, strength training for the first time ever. Um, those stimuluses that you place in your body are going to be exponentially larger, larger for you than they are for someone who is trained for a while and has a, a long training history, right? right? So you just need to take it slow and give yourself time to adapt. It's 
you know, ideally this is a lifestyle change for the rest of your life. So there's no reason that you need to look a certain way or see a specific number of results here in two to three weeks, right? That's just not how it works. Yeah. So you're trying to adopt something that you can like really hold on to long-term and make a part of your life. So don't worry about getting really quick results or anything like that. Let's focus on making lifestyle changes that you can sustain, which is going to mean starting slower than you think that you need to and giving yourself a lot of time to adapt and get better over time. Yeah. I love that. I saw somebody had posted, you know, it's like one of those quote memes or something on Instagram, but it really made a lot of sense to me. And I thought, wow, yeah, that that really would resonate with a lot of people. And it said something, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but something about like, you're frustrated with your results because you're trying to cram a year's worth of results into a month's worth of effort. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, exactly. That that is, and that applies across the board, not just with working out or injury, you know, it, uh, stuff like that. But it is so true. And I, I love that you mentioned strength training because I, I obviously work with a lot of women. And so we talk a lot about getting into strength training because a lot of women seem to be afraid of strength training. And I think part of the fear comes from being afraid that they're going to hurt themselves. Um, when they look, they see like, you know, people with lifting like huge amounts of weights and these huge bars and all these things. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. I'll hurt myself. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, you've mentioned starting slow and not having these unrealistic expectations, but what else can we do from a preventative standpoint? You know, when we are getting into something new, be it strength training or something else, what are some things that we can do to prevent maybe those injuries from happening in the first place, or at least the likelihood. Yeah, I would say realistic expectations is huge. And that's going to be huge for your adherence to something too, right? So overall, I would say, um, get it as much help as you can. And Mm -hmm. that's going to look different for different people and how much money they can they have of disposable income to be able to spend on their training and on this lifestyle change, right? So I would put the top tier as working one-on-one with a coach. And then underneath that would be small group training. So, you know, working out in groups of like four to six people where you have a trainer that's there to help all of you. Um, Mm -hmm. The next would be get into group workout classes, something that you think might be interesting to you. Could be CrossFit. It could be, you know, burn boot camp classes. It could be F45, Orange Theory, whatever it is. Um, get into something where there is some kind of group instructor, right. Who can come around and help you understand what's going on. Um, you know, the next year would probably be generic online training. This stuff is like in the 20 to $50 a month range. And you at least get videos on what to do and a little bit of guidance there, but probably like very low touch points from the coach, right. There's not a whole lot of individualization or communication at that price point, but you at least get, you know, a solid plan written out by someone ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the next tier would be just showing up at the gym and looking at the little diagrams and doing whatever they say, like however much you feel like you should. And I would yeah. say that's what a lot of people do and yeah. probably the last, the last thing that you should do. So I would say getting some help from somebody who understands what they're doing is a big thing. And I mean, Hey, if you've got a friend who works out consistently and you can start tagging along and learning from them, that can be great too. Yeah. But you know, just get some help from somebody who can help you understand what to do, what movements you should be doing, like what things to look out for. And then just take into consideration the fact that you're new to this and you need to give yourself time to adapt. 
And probably a couple years down the road, you're going to look back and be like, wow, look how strong I am. I'm one of those people that are lifting weights that I thought I wouldn't be, ever be able to do. But it yeah. is going to take a lot of time. It's going to be right. a significant amount of time before you look back and you're at that point. Right. You know, I feel like there's kind of a, a line. So there's, especially when you start something new, obviously you you feel a little bit like, oh, I can't, maybe I can't do this, or um, this is really, really hard, or you've got a lot of soreness in the beginning or something like that. Mm. What advice would you give for someone in learning how to listen to their body in between, like how to differentiate between this is really hard. I don't know if I'm doing this well versus this is kind of hurting. Maybe I don't need to do this or I need to do something different or I need to chill it out a little bit. Like how, do you have any advice for how to tell the difference between your body adapting and changing and like, Oh, I might actually be injuring myself. Well, I think that's something that people get a lot better at as they keep training. Like Mm -hmm. athletes that I work with that have worked out for a long time. They're like, I know this isn't an injury. I know this is an injury because this is different from all the soreness that I always feel. But you will be, you know, especially when you first start working out, you're going to be extremely sore. (laughs) Like sometimes I forget unless I go on vacation and then get back to training hard or something, how, how sore you really can be when you first Mm -hmm. start out. Because once you've been training consistently, especially if you choose a consistent program where you're using the same exercises week to week, you're going to stop being nearly as sore. It's going to be way less uncomfortable. So that's something I would remind people when they get started is like, hey, you are going to be in a lot of pain like the first couple (laughs) weeks. It does. It does really hurt when you start strength training and it goes away. So there's something called the repeated bout effect, which just means that like the more that you do something, the more that you adapt to it and your body's used to it you're going to stop getting so sore. I would say differentiating that from an injury, um, you should like two days after a workout, like really bad. So it's called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness is just that regular muscle soreness that we get. And it can be extremely uncomfortable, but it should be gone three days out. Okay. And if it's not, and that would be like the worst case, it's right. Um, it really should be gone like two days out. Um, a lot of times if you've done like, like, let's say a really hard leg session and you're not used to it, you'll be a little sore the next day. You'll be extremely sore the second day. The second day after you work out is usually the worst. And then on the third day, it should start to feel better. Like maybe, maybe it's lingering around, but it should start to feel better. Um, if stuff is like still very sharp and painful, then you might want to start thinking about getting it checked out. I would still say you can give stuff like a week. Just move through it. Try to manage things on your own. And we'll talk about um, some of the ways that you should manage, like what you think might be an injury or an acute injury before like freaking out and thinking that you have like a serious injury that needs to be checked out. Right. Cause most things are not serious. Yes. And most things will heal on their own in a short period of time. And even more things will heal on their own in a little bit more time. Right. That's, that's a perfect segue into my next question, which was obviously sometimes those injuries do happen. And so what is really the first thing that you need to do when you injure yourself or, or, you know, whether it's like a more serious injury or if it's just like a tweaking something, um, whether that's in a workout or in normal life. So there's, and we'll talk about what you can do for like that real extreme soreness too. So there's definitely stuff you can do to make it better, right? So with injuries or just like really intense soreness that you might be getting this time of year when you're starting to work out, um, you want to drink plenty of water, you know, stay hydrated so that your muscles can recover really well. You want to prioritize your sleep. So, you know, we need like seven to nine hours of sleep. And um, most people sleep at like an 85% uh, 
efficiency, right? So it takes a while to fall asleep. We usually wake up a little bit during the night. So in order to really get enough sleep, most people need to be in bed for like nine hours a night. Yeah. And I would, most people are not doing that. <laughs> so in order to feel <laughs> as recovered as possible and give your body a chance to heal and recover from your workouts, you want to be prioritizing sleep as much as possible. Sleep also has a huge correlation to pain. So there's some research on when back pain patients notoriously don't sleep well. And there's actually more, more correlation with poor sleep and back pain than there is with like MRI findings of back injuries and back pain. So not sleeping well actually predicts that you will have back pain more than you having an actual problem with your back predicts that you have back pain. So you want to sleep a lot. It's super, super important. Um, you want to focus on your nutrition, make sure that you're eating enough. I think that one thing that a lot of people do when they start this new year's type thing, right? Is that they start a restrictive diet at the same time that they start working out. And those two don't pair well together at all. No. And so that's another reason that I encourage people to work with a coach, someone who knows what they're doing and can advise them on that stuff. And then like reassure them as they're going through the process that they are doing the right thing and the results take time and that they will see the things they want to. It's just probably going to take more than they think. So like really restrictive diets can cause you to experience a lot more pain when you start working out than is necessary. So you want to eat enough. You especially want to eat enough carbs when you start working out, which is another thing that a lot of people try to restrict. Mm -hmm. um, so focusing on those things, like having good nutrition, sleep, enough water. And then if you do get injured. So have you ever heard the acronym RICE? Yes. Okay. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. Yes. So that has kind of been thrown out. A lot of people still uh, hold on to that, but the guy who came out with that actually recanted it. He said it's not that useful. And wow. so the new acronym that is more evidence-based and like up to date is peace and love. And it's kind of long, but <laughs> I'll go through it real quick for okay. the listeners. A little, a little bit of it is redundant, but we'll definitely touch on some like important things, right? Okay. So the, the P is for protection. So you're going to avoid activities and movements that increase your pain like immediately afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you just rolled your ankle, you're not going to go run on it, that kind of thing. Yeah. You do want to elevate the limb. So if you've got something, an injury that is swollen, you want to elevate it above your heart so that your body's natural processes can pull that, that inflammation away. Mm -hmm. You want to avoid anti-inflammatories. So, and you especially want to avoid like chronic anti-inflammatory use. So you don't want to get in the habit of taking ibuprofen and Tylenol for muscle soreness mm. because long-term it's not good for your bone health. And there's some other like things, problems that it can cause systemically. Yeah. So you also want to avoid them in the short term too, because they are blunting your tissues healing response. So your body's trying to heal that tissue and trying to get a little inflammation in there. Yeah. And so you don't want to blunt that by taking a bunch of, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs right. and blunting your body's healing response. Right. Yeah. Um, you can use compression if there's a lot of swelling. So you can use compression socks, anything like that. If you have a lower leg thing, you can um, use compression bandaging on other body parts to help with swelling. Um, you, the E here is education and it's basically uh, what you're receiving right now. You're learning about injuries and understanding that your body will heal itself with time 
and you probably don't have to go seek like medical attention or anything like that. Like you're probably going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you do want to load. So we're starting on love now. So the L in love is load. So you're going to let pain be your guide to return to normal activities and reload those tissues that were injured. So you're going to load them slowly and progressively over time. So um, this is probably where I end up working with a lot of people in physical therapy because they're afraid to reload an injury. And that's a lot of what we work on is safely reloading them back to the activities that they want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The O in love is optimism. So you want to be confident and positive that your injury is going to heal and that you're going to be able to return to normal activity. So what gets a lot of people um, like kind of trapped in an injury cycle is that they have some kinesiophobia or they're afraid of movement and afraid of getting back to things. And so maybe they avoid something that injured them. And what happens with that is that you get weak and your body is less prepared. And then the more that you avoid the thing that hurts you. So let's say that you uh, got hurt picking something up. And now you avoid picking everything up that's below your waistline Mm -hmm. because that hurts you one time. Right. So your body becomes extremely afraid of that. And then when you do it, finally, you're more likely to get injured because for one, your back is extremely weak because you avoid picking anything up. And also there's anytime there's fear associated with something, you're more likely to add pain with it. Because pain is our brain's response to try and protect us. Right. And so it's an emotion that our brain creates to protect our body. And if there's something that we have told our body is dangerous and harmful to us. If we go back to doing that, our brain has a hard time dealing with that. It's very likely to produce pain to protect you from it. So we want to be optimistic and not harbor that like fear of movement. Um, the V in love is vascularization. So um, choosing some cardiovascular exercise that is pain-free. So a lot of people with uh, leg or ankle injuries, I'll have them like ride a bike, something like that while they're recovering because they get a lot of blood flow to the area. And it's not painful for them because it's a pretty low load on the tissues that are injured. So find something that gets your heart rate up and gets your blood pumping that you're able to do without pain and do that for exercise while you're healing. And then you want to exercise. That's the last E and So you want to gradually progress back to the things that you were doing before as you can restore mobility, restore strength around the area and allow your body the chance to heal. So that's peace and love. That's basically the framework of what we are saying people should do when they get injured now. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that helps people out. Wow. Yeah, that's super helpful. I love that. I mean, it is definitely way more um, involved than the rice, Um, but I think that's (laughs) good. Like, I think that's, it's way more educational, (laughs) Um, especially the thing, like the thinking about avoiding the insects, like, I mean, that is so, that's what everybody does. Like, oh, I worked out a little too hard. Let's pop in a leave or an ibuprofen, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you have to. Sure. Like if you need to function. Knowing that like you should avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of, sometimes that gets a little bit confused, right? Because especially now, like there's obviously there's a lot of attention on inflammation, which is good because a lot of people are chronically inflamed and we need to work on that. But short-term inflammation is a good thing. Like you need that to heal. Like that's how your body is designed. So we're not trying to avoid all inflammation. So we don't need to dull every single, you know, thing we have. Um, but I think a lot of times those those messages can get a little bit 
confused or. It is. Yeah. And if you're not like in the health and fitness, if you're not in like the medical community or even the health and fitness community and like pay attention to this stuff, it can be really confusing Yeah, because you think anti-inflammatory, that sounds super positive. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. You think anti-inflammatory yeah. diet, right? <laughs> so you're like, yeah, oh, exactly, that's great. Right? So surely the meds are good too. Um, and you know chronic inflammation is bad, yeah. so surely I should take these. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's great. And then I also loved the just kind of bringing in the mindset piece. You know, I think that just in general, I think people don't give that enough um, weight and thought when it comes to how their mindset actually affects their physical health. And, you know, I I see that so much. It's like, that's the piece that we really just want to skip over because we want physical results. So we think like, I just need to worry about all the physical things and not really taking into account the emotional, mental aspect of how that plays into your body's ability to progress or heal or anything like that. So I love that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like we're learning more and more that your mindset and emotions are so connected to your physical body as well. Oh yeah. I mean, your emotions control a lot of your hormone mm-hmm. response and stuff like that, which directly impacts the rest of your health. So <laughs> there's, yeah. I mean, the way that you think about things literally becomes like what happens to your body. Right. So is this the kind of the approach that you take when you're working with patients at shift? Like, can you tell us a little bit about how you do things there? Yeah, we, we incorporate all these things. So when someone comes to shift, we always start with an evaluation. And so because I only work one-on-one with patients and we don't have multiple patients, you know, at the clinic at the same time ever or anything like that, we have plenty of time to hear someone's entire history of their injury, everything that's been going on. And that's kind of led them to this point. And, you know, we talk about what their injury has been taking them away from, what kind of things they want to get back to, how it's been impacting their life, kind of, you know, talk about their mindset around it and what they're worried about, um, what it's really like, how it's really affecting them. And so we definitely talk about lifestyle factors that we can address, like sleep, nutrition, hydration, all that stuff that's going to support their body's ability to heal. Mm -hmm. We always take people through exercises to, we're going to figure out what their weaknesses are, maybe mobility limitations. We're going to break down like what caused this injury and, or sometimes what is this injury causing? Like what mobility deficits is it causing? What strength deficits is your injury causing? That's really holding you back from getting back to what you want to do. And then come up with a plan to get them back, right? So that usually involves exercise. It always involves exercise. (laughs) Always involves specific exercises that they're going to be doing as part of their homework to get them back, right? Mm -hmm. And then it involves um, recommendations around nutrition, sleep, hydration, mindset, all that kind of stuff that that we're going to need to get them back. So we basically write out the plan and make sure that they understand what the plan is and how they're going to execute it. And then check in with them along the way, progress them as needed, and get them back to whatever it is they want to do. Um, you know, with a lot of my um, people that I work with, we're getting back to CrossFit or running or biking or even just being able to play with their kids because they can't maneuver because their back hurts. Yeah. So there's always like a specific um, set of things that they want to be able to get back to that supports their healthy, active lifestyle. And that's what we're trying to return them to with less pain and more confidence. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. I love that. 
approach. Um, where can so if people want to contact you, they want to know more about what you do or kind of your uh, approach to physical therapy. Like, where can people find out more about you and also about Shift? So I'm pretty active on Instagram. I try to be very consistent on there with, you know, putting educational posts and stuff like that on. So that's at Shift Performance PT on Instagram. And then my website is shiftperformancept.com. So people can look that up um, if they want some help with an injury, want me to reach out to them to talk about it. There's a contact form on shiftperformancept.com that you can fill out. Also, all of my contact information is on the website, so you can get a hold of me any way that you want to there. Okay. Um, email, phone, whatever. Um, and people can reach out to me on Instagram. I have lots of people message me on Instagram to ask me about injuries or advice on training, all kinds of stuff like that. Okay. So people should definitely feel free to just direct message me on Instagram or look me on my website. Mm-hmm. And I'll Great. Okay. Awesome. And you, you are taking new patients currently? Always. Always. Yeah. Okay. Great. Always. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending some of your time here and teaching us. This has been super helpful, um, especially as we are working on working out more and moving our bodies. So. Oh yeah. It's so important. I'm so glad to hear that you're talking to uh, women about strength training too. I think that's like uh, just underdone. And so that, that gets me excited too. Yeah. It's super important. Oh, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, Blake. All right. Thanks so much for having me on, Elena. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone, for being here and for listening, and we will catch you next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.